Let's pray in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. This story in the Gospel of Jesus catching fish, of of, uh, the disciples catching fish, brings us back to Luke chapter 5, where Peter first encounters Jesus. Peter is fishing, and he can't catch anything all night, and Jesus says, cast your net into the sea, and Peter is like, oh, I've been working so hard, is, you know, but fine. If you, say I'll do, if you say I should do it, then I'll do it. Peter casts his net into the sea. He catches so many fish. And then immediately he goes to Jesus and he says, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man. And Jesus says, Do not be afraid. From now on, you will be catching men. A fisher of men. In today's gospel, morning comes and Jesus is on the shore and he tells the disciples to cast their net on the right side of the boat and they catch fish. Jesus is calling all of us to catch fish or to catch people and bring them into his nets. We all have a call to share the gospel and to be fishers of men. Every single person in this church little or old, young or old, is called to bring the gospel of Jesus. St. Paul says today in Hebrews 10, we must consider how to rouse one another to love and good works. That we have to actually consider how to get people, not just to this church, because in my heart family, the goal is not to get people to church, the goal is to get lovers of God. That we have to rouse people and bring people back to the heart of Jesus. So St. Paul is saying, consider how to do this to bring people back to the Lord. Basically, be a motivational speaker. Motivate people to come back to Jesus. And he says, we should not stay away from our assembly as is the custom of some, but encourage one another. He's saying we should not stay away from our assembly or our church, the body of Jesus, that we need each other and so we've got to encourage each other. If you see someone new in this church and you've never seen them before, maybe go up to them and be like, it's great to see you. I'm so happy you're here. Keep coming. I'm so proud of you. I know some of of you in this church, I've already seen you and I'm like, this is your first time here. Welcome to the family of God. I want to encourage you that this is an amazing place, that you will encounter Jesus. And I want, to, I want to rouse you up to the love of God. Your life is going to change. God is so good and he has a plan for your life. If we do not trust him, then of course his works are not going to be manifest in us. But I encourage you, if it's your first time here, keep coming back. Sounds simple, right? I just did it. Your turn, okay? So maybe after Mass, if you see someone that you've never met before, tell them, great to see you, keep coming. Second, St. Paul says, and this all the more as you see the day drawing near. Like, St. Paul is recognizing how dark the world is becoming. The day is drawing near. The sun is coming down. Darkness is filling the world. Does that sound familiar? It sounds like today, where negativity and negativity. It just seems like the world is getting worse and worse and worse. And St. Paul is saying, even more, you need to encourage each other, you need to motivate each other, and you need each other. So be part of his body. 
You know, too many of us are getting discouraged by all of the evil that is happening in the world. You know, especially those who have little kids. They send their kids to school and they're like, what are my kids learning in school? All this social craziness. Even myself, and we're going to talk a little bit about endurance. I was praying in adoration this morning and the Lord just told me, actually, we're going to get there. But the Lord was like, it's okay, I'm with you. So our mission is to share the gospel. We have to share Jesus. And we do that by a living testimony and by a spoken word. We do that by first how we live, your actions. You know, when people look at you, do they see something different in you? Are they surprised? Like, oh, wow, like, what is this? Who are you? And you say, I'm a Christian. This is how we live. And then you also do it by a spoken word. And there's a slogan that a lot of people, they like to say, and I... And they think St. Francis of Assisi said it. He said, supposedly, which not really true, he said, preach the gospel at all times, and if necessary, use words. Sounds cute, right? Preach the gospel at all times, if necessary, use your words, which means preach by your actions. Okay, that's a good thing to preach by your actions, but the world also needs preachers of the word. And so St. Francis actually said, preach the gospel at all times and use words. Family, we've got to say the truth. We've got to speak the truth and not just live it. I'm going to give us some practical advice on how to bring the gospel to those. The first practical advice, which doesn't seem very practical, but it is the most practical and most biblical. First, Be a person of prayer. Evangelization stems from intimacy with God. Being rooted to the vine. Jesus says in John 15, and this is a a check to all who are serving, all who are leading, often myself as well, who kind of depends on his own self-sufficiency, I need to check myself constantly and say, I need Jesus. I can't do it without him. Jesus says in John 15, Remain in me as I remain in you. Just as the branch cannot bear fruit on its own unless it remains on the vine, so neither can you unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever remains in me and I in him will bear much fruit. Can you repeat after me? Without me, you can do nothing. That's what Jesus said in John 15, verses 4 and 5. It all starts with intimacy with Jesus. We know that if we see an apple tree, the apples are only coming because the branch is connected to the roots, to the vine. St. Paul says today, you need endurance to do the will of God and receive what he has promised. And endurance comes from a daily prayer life. God consistently checking you and saying, you cannot do this without me. I'm going to give you the source of my life. Every time you pray, the Holy Spirit is actually filling you up so that you can be poured out into the world. The only way we can bring fruit, good fruit into this world and bring people back to Jesus is by being moved and inspired by the Holy Spirit in which we receive through a daily prayer life. 
A lot of Christians who initially get really pumped about Jesus and get so excited, a lot of Christians burn out. They burn out because they do so much, they do so much, and then they see, they're like, nothing's changing. Can I just share this with you? This morning in adoration, I was praying to Jesus, I'm in adoration, and I'm talking to him, and I'm like, Jesus, I'm actually like struggling with him, and I'm like, Jesus, is anything changing? Like I see some of you, you're falling asleep right now. That's okay, I'm not mad. But is anything changing? And I'm like, is what I'm doing, is it worth it? Is it, is it, is it like, and you see, you see like the battle happening in my own heart. And so then the Lord said, he actually literally brought me to this verse. You need endurance to do the will of God and receive what he has promised. Because oftentimes in ministry, when you're preaching to your children, right? You're preaching to your kids and you're like, they're getting worse and worse and worse. And I see the world, the culture, the Chaldean community getting worse and worse and worse, falling farther and farther away. And I could say, what's the point? What am I doing? You need endurance to do the will of God. You've got to have a prayer life. If you don't have a prayer life, you will burn out. You will think nothing you're doing matters. That's the evil one speaking. Jesus, God, our God is the God of encouragement, the God of consolation, the God that brings us back into mission. Come Holy Spirit, amen? You preach what you live. When you're preaching, family, Let's say you're bringing the gospel to someone. You preach what you live. Your relationship with Jesus is what you will give. Some of us in the Chaldean community, our relationship with Jesus is a cultural relationship. I'm Christian or I follow Jesus because of culture. You might ask, like, you know, why do we, why do, we do what we do and what we do? And you just say, because my grandma taught me, or my mom and dad taught me. This is just what we do as Chaldeans. It's culture. And so if your faith or your relationship with Jesus is just culture, that's all you're going to preach. And that will not motivate people. People in today's world are not motivated by culture. They're not motivated by rules. Yesterday I was talking to the kids and I was talking to them about rules. And are rules important? Of course. But do we preach rules or do we preach relationship? Our mission is to unite people to Jesus. Bring them to, be, to, ha, to allow them to be lovers of God. And so our mission is to preach relationship with Jesus. Jesus says in John 15, you are my friends. Amen. But he says, he continues, you are my friends if you do what I command you. Can you declare this with me? It's all about relationship. Can you say it louder? It's all about relationship. And rules support relationship. Amen. So our focus has to be relationship. It's all about relationship. And relationship comes from a daily prayer life. 
Step one, if you want to bring people to Jesus, be a person of prayer. It's all about relationship. Jesus will convict your heart. And then he'll even show you the rules that maybe we're breaking that we need to change in. Second practical advice and then I'm done. Know your audience. Meet people where they are. Relate to them on their level and then bring them Jesus. I really relate to this in the sense of um, the way we do youth ministry when we talk to kids. Yesterday, I was talking to kids all about Jesus. They were all falling asleep. And then I said, I said one word. All I said was Fortnite. That's it. I said Fortnite. Their eyes lit up. It's like they jumped out of their seats. And I'm like, this is proving my point. Relate to children. Relate to anybody. Whoever you're talking to, relate to them where they are. And so I remember when Fortnite was popular a few years ago, especially popular, I was like, okay, what's up with Fortnite, you know? And so I Googled like slang, Fortnite slang, and I learned about Battle Royale and Endgame and farming, and I'm like, okay, whatever, that's enough. But when you talk to people at their level, then you can bring them to Jesus. You can't just right away talk about Jesus and they're like, okay, chill out, okay? Another thing that I, you know, even though I like sports, a lot of our young boys and our young girls, they love sports. And so I try to keep up on, on sports. Like the NBA playoffs right now is a really popular thing for, for teens. They're all following it. They're all, so I'm like, okay, who's the next one coming? Or, or what's the series at? And it sounds silly, but in my mind, honestly, when I'm watching the NBA playoffs, I'm literally thinking about how I can talk to a kid and bring him to Jesus, or how I can relate to someone and make them feel like, okay, their priest is normal, whatever, but it's not about me being normal. It's about Jesus and how I can bring them to him. Another thing is like with Sudath, you know, my Sudath, Layla Tawa. I'm sorry, it's not good, but I try so that I can speak to the older community. You have to meet them where they are. All right. How do you preach to someone without sounding judgmental or making them feel like you're better than them? Because a lot of times we can preach to someone, bring them to Jesus, and immediately they feel like they're being judged or they feel like they're less or they feel like you think that you're better than them. You've got to relate to them on their level. And also, it really helps to show your weakness. What I see in parents, parents, you listening? You talk to your kids like a priest. He talks to his children, and it's like, I'm talking down to you. It's like, I'm telling you what to do, and what to do, and what to do, and it's like, okay, Abuna, or okay, mom and dad, I get it, fine. You know, what's really helpful is you relate to them on their level, and you show your weakness, or you share a story about how you've struggled with maybe the similar thing. You tell them a testimony about how Jesus has helped you in this. But what if you, you're a preacher, you're preaching, to, you're preaching Jesus, and you're struggling with what you're preaching? Then go back to step one. Be a person of prayer. Let Jesus convict your heart and change you. Because if you preach and don't practice, if you preach to your children and then you do the exact same thing or something else that's wrong, your children are going to call you a hypocrite. They're going to say, why should I listen to you? 
It's the same thing you expect out of a priest. You expect me. I'm not perfect. But you expect your priest to seek Jesus and to preach Jesus. By living testimony, by my actions, and by spoken word. Family, we've got to live it and speak it. So here's your challenge for this week. I want you to think of one person this week, at least one person, and share a testimony about how God has affected and changed your life. Share how Jesus has brought you out of sin and into grace and testify to what Jesus has done in your life. Revelation 19.10 says, and say this with me, testimony is the spirit of prophecy. So when we testify to what God has done in our lives, it actually makes possible for God to do something in their life. That when you share a testimony of your life, it makes possible God doing in their life. Your testimonies are powerful and important. So that's your challenge. God is calling all of us to be fishers of men, to catch people, to share the gospel. Come Holy Spirit.